Hey there, we're opening up episode 476 of the podcast with the song Kingdom of Madness. It comes from the EP of the same title from Sis Malakian. It is available over at sismalakian.bandcamp.com. I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes. The EP was released just a couple months ago, and I dig it. And you'll hear this song in its entirety at the end of this episode. This is Monster Kid Radio, the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes the not-so-classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I'm your writer, host, producer, Derek M. Cook, and I'd like to welcome you to the show. Now, I know I said last week that this week we'll be talking about the movie Atragon with Anthony Wendell. However... It occurred to me that this upcoming weekend is when Monster Bash would have been. And as you guys and gals know, Monster Bash 2020, at least the summer event, had to be canceled due to the Corona apocalypse and everything else going on in the world. So I wanted to highlight Monster Bash. And I thought the best way to do that was to bring the man behind Monster Bash onto the show. We've got Ron Adams joining us this week. And we're going to talk about what happened with Monster Bash, what the future plans are, how you can further support Monster Bash and Creepy Classics and everything Ron's got going on. And we're even going to play a round of the Classic Five. Of course, we also have Kenny's look at Famous Monsters of Filmland. And I've got a few other things to go over as well. And we're going to get to all of that here in a moment. But first, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about here in this episode. I, I don't know if you'd call this a monster editorial or just me kind of blabbing on and on and on at the beginning of the show. But here we go. First of all, this upcoming weekend is the Portland Horror Film Festival. Kind of. Here's the thing. It is happening, but it's going virtual this year. And because it's going virtual, they have a little bit more wiggle room in terms of how much time they can spend showing incredible horror movies. This event is happening over the course of four days. It technically, by the time this episode goes out, will have already started because it started on Wednesday the 17th, but that doesn't mean that you're missing out. They are going to be running through Sunday the 21st, showing feature-length films, and it looks like a whole slew of short movies. I'm going to put a link in the show notes so you can check it out. But if you are interested in attending this virtual film festival, it's pretty easy. Just go over to PortlandHorrorFilmFestival.com, click on Get Tickets, follow the link, and it's going to take you to the website for the Hollywood Theater here in Portland, Oregon. To attend the virtual film festival, you need to buy a full festival pass. It's $60. And here's what I'm most excited about. On Sunday, world premiere of the remake of The Brain That Wouldn't Die. Now, we talked a little bit about this during a recent Social Distance Saturday screening, streaming, screaming thing that we did. There is a remake of the movie that was actually produced here in Portland, Oregon. I've been following the Kickstarter campaign for a couple of years now, and I am stoked. I am so happy that these guys and gals are done with the movie because it means I'm going to get my own copy eventually. But it also means that people are going to be able to see it at this film festival. Like I said, that's happening on Sunday in the afternoon. World premiere. Also, there'll be a bunch of... Q&As with filmmakers, like I said, a whole bunch of short films as well. So if you're interested in this, I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes that you can just click on, hop on over, and let them know that Monster Kid Radio sent you. Now, of course, this is happening all weekend, which means it's happening on Saturday, but that doesn't mean that I'm not doing my own thing on Saturday as well. We're going to be doing the Hands of Social Distance Saturday this upcoming weekend, as we've been doing every Saturday now for the past couple of months. We do it live for free on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash monsterkidradio. Follow the stream. You'll get notified every time I go live. And I go live every Saturday around 11 a.m. when the pre-show starts at specific time. And then the movies themselves start around noon. 
with that live chat, it makes the day go by so quick. You're hanging out with your friends. You're watching some of the best monster movies in the world, including Manos, the Hands of Fate. No, I, I mean that. I didn't say that with a straight face because we're doing something different with Manos this time around. I think everybody here knows what Manos, the Hands of Fate is, right? so-called worst movie ever made. I know a lot of people actually don't like it. I know a lot of people only like it when it's being riffed by MST3K or any of the, uh, the spin-offs from that or the whatever. But here's the thing. The movie's in the public domain, which means I can do whatever I want to it, which means we're going to be presenting Manos the Hands of Fate in vibrant, glorious, lifelike black and white. It gives the movie a weird edge. I've watched it in black and white, or at least parts of it as I was putting it together for the stream this weekend. Manos is kind of hard to watch straight as it is, and I enjoy it, but it's got a real creepy vibe. I know that one of the jokes that is made in Mystery Science Theater about Manos the Hands of Fate is that that entire film feels like the last known photographs of anybody who was involved in that movie. The thing is, that's kind of true, and I'm not making a joke. You put this thing in black and white, it feels even grittier. And I'm really looking forward to uh, sharing that with you guys and gals this weekend, and you can let me know if I'm overhyping this thing or not. Now, that's not the only thing we're going to be showing, of course. we got a whole bunch of movies lined up. We're going to be showing a zombie film called I Eat Your Skin. It's a Del Tenny production. The trailer that exists for it, I'm not going to bother playing it here, but the trailer that exists for it makes it sound like this grindhousey exploitation thing because the movie didn't actually get released until the 70s. Some places say 1970, some places say 1971, and it was packaged with a movie called I Drink Your Blood. I Eat Your Skin was not the original title. The original title of the movie was just Zombies, and it was produced in 1964. So it is pre-Romero. There is no skin eating, but it's still a cool little movie. I actually really dig it. We're going to get classic with some Karloff and show the man they couldn't hang. We're going to show an episode of One Step Beyond. And Christopher R. Mim makes his return to the Saturday stream with Where's Keto? Nazi Hunter. There's going to be all sorts of other stuff going on. You know, the games that we play, Classic 5, a bunch of trailers, and who knows what else. Just make sure you come on over to twitch.tv slash monsterkidradio on Saturday to join us. And while I don't know much about it right now, because Kyle Yount of Kaiju Cast fame just posted something about this on the Kaiju Core Facebook group page today, but apparently there's something coming up called KaijuCon.org. Line Kaiju Con Line Kaiju on it's going to be an online festival of some sort. I'm assuming movies, maybe a panel or a presentation or two. I've also been contacted by somebody else who has spoken about doing something kaiju related virtually uh, or Japanese monster in classic horror monster vein. But this isn't it, I don't think. I think this is something totally different. As soon as I know more, I'll let you guys and gals know more. But it's happening on July 11th and 12th. At least that's what the graphic Kyle posted said. I did reach out to him and ask him what he was looking for and how can we help. And he liked that response. Give me a thumbs up. So, yeah, I'll keep you posted. If any of you know of any online events, whether they are conventions that would normally take place in person, they've gone virtual, or any special events that have been put together specifically for the virtual space, like Kyle's Kaiju Project, it looks like, or what I do with social distance streaming, please let me know. Drop me an email at monsterkidradio at gmail.com, and we'll make sure that everybody knows about it, because what else are we going to do while we're still sitting at home? And honestly, I'm being a little selfish because I want to know about them. I want to take part in online conventions that I would not normally have an opportunity to take part in if it was strictly IRL. Is that what you kids are saying in real life? Like, 
San Diego Comic-Con. That's going virtual. I don't know how they're going to do it, but that's going virtual and that's happening sometime in July as well. So yeah, should be an interesting convention season. And this just in, I've been in contact with Kyle since I recorded that bit and, and I'm going to be chatting with him within the next couple of days, which means on next week's episode, you're going to hear from Kyle about whatever this Kaiju Con online, conline Kaiju thing is. So stay tuned. Of course, that chat with Kyle is happening next week. Let's get through this week's show first. With a little bit of a Monster Bash flashback, one of the events that we look forward to the most when we go to Monster Bash is the Festival of the New Wine song reenactment. It's a call and response number. It's awesome when Frank I Meets the Wolfman gets played on the big screen in the big movie room. And well, it sounds a little something like this. Because she willed not to die. 
Vincent Price, magnificent, macabre, defying the deathless, jealous spirit of Lygia. A nightmare of terror. Pitting their lust for life against the unholy powers of the undead. The undead attack the living. A wondrous world of maddening horror. Starring Vincent Price in Edgar Allan Poe's Tomb of Lygia in color. Hello, Christopher. What insanity are you up to today? Oh, hey, Lydia. I'm downloading some movies. What? <laughs> People are always telling me that's illegal. Uh-uh, not these. They're all public domain. Oh, look, Rescue from Gilligan's Island. Well, let me see what you're doing. Oh, you're at archive.org. Well, they have thousands of films, TV shows, commercials, radio shows, and books available. Yeah, but there are so many. I wish there was a podcast or something that would discuss these things. You know, give us an idea of what's worth the time. Um, Christopher, there is. We do one. Oh, that's right. We host Orphan Entertainment. Once a month, we pick something and review and discuss it. That sure is nice of us. <laughs> sure. Why don't you click over to Orphan Entertainment and remind yourself a little more about the show. Oh, will do. Let's see, that's at orphanentertainment.com. And yeah, it looks like we're available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Oh, hey, can we review the Gilligan's Island movie someday? Mm-hmm, we'll see, Christopher. We'll see. Journey into double terror with the late night double feature with X, the fiend from beyond space, and the wall people. A crew of interstellar explorers must fight an unstoppable alien fiend from beyond space, hell-bent on consuming them all. Will they survive? Can they survive? And on the same program, a man must fight to save his only child from the clutches of strange invaders who use their advanced technologies to steal sleeping children through their bedroom walls. Are your children safe? Two terrors to tear you apart in the late night double feature. Hello there, Monstercade Radioheads. This is Kenny with a look at Famous Monsters of Filmland. Today we are going to continue our issue-by-issue look at movies that received article-length coverage in FM. Today we are up to issue 24 from August of 1963. There are four movie-based articles in this issue. Let's take a peek at them. The first article is billed as a preview of a giant article to appear in issue 25 about King Kong. It is substantial in its own right, covering eight pages with ten photos. It begins with this intro. At the end of 1959, we presented in our sixth issue the King Kong story. It was a great story, one of our best ever, 11 pages long with 14 outstanding photos. Readers raved, but they should have saved their breath, because next issue we are going to cover Kong in a fashion that will make that former landmark look feeble. 14 photos the first time? Nothing. Because four years ago, we didn't have access to the personal Kong photo collection of his animator, the late Willis O'Brien. 
hadn't been presented with precious, exclusive pictures of Kong by the still-living, still-talented, still-very-animated artisan who actually constructed Kong, Marcel Delgado. Photos that other publications would give their eye teeth to run one of, we are able to bring you in lavish quantity. And what you are about to read, brought back to you over a span of 30 years by our personal Bikarian, is history. The major portion of a half-hour broadcast that went out over the airways via the National Broadcasting Company on the night of Friday, February 10th, 1933, from 9.30 to 10 p.m. The transcript from the mentioned radio program follows with an audio preview of the film complete with reenactments and an interview with producer-director Marion C. Cooper. It concludes with these words from special effects genius Willis O'Brien. Speaking for myself, King Kong represents the goal of more than 20 years. For that long a time, I have delved into bygone periods, studied the life of animals long before the descent of man, preparing myself for the day when someone would dare to reproduce on the screen the giant beast that once ruled the world. Without knowing it, I was waiting for King Kong. I feel it has been worth the long years of research, and I hope you too will feel the same way after seeing King Kong. King Kong has been featured many times on Monster Kid Radio. One that is waiting its MKR debut is the 1935 film Werewolf of London. This issue contains a 20-page article bursting with 33 photos. It begins with these words quoted from Universal Studios head Carl Lamley. Werewolf of London is a blood-curdling thing. It will give the unholy shivers to even the hardest-boiled movie egg. It is as gruesome as Dracula, as startling as Frankenstein as much of a soul shocker as we know how to make. But it has a glorious change from the Pollyanna pictures, which you may have been using as a steady diet. The story could never happen, and that's the very thing which will knock people somewhat goofy. Here is a real thrill, a thing you will talk about and shudder about. Werewolf of London is a freak of a shocker. We warn everybody to stay away, then watch them come in droves. Carl Lindley. A detailed synopsis follows. Here is how the first on-screen transformation was described. He glances at his hand, is horrified to see that its back, its palm, has become thick with hair. As he moves through the room, he passes a post, and at the same time passes through phase one of his change. He is now a hairier, less human individual. As he passes a second pillar, his appearance alters even more brighteningly. Tusks protrude upward from his lower set of teeth. A growl issues from his throat. The article continued with critics' reviews from the 30s and this opinion from Uncle Forey. I reveled in the film when I first saw it at the age of 18, before the Wolfman or the more recent Curse of the Werewolf, and time had not dimmed its magic for me when I saw it again a few months ago on TV. Certainly, the technicolored Oliver Reed was more ferocious, and the excellently made-up Lon Chaney Jr. more sympathetic, but somehow Henry Hole still seems to me the most authentic werewolf of them all. The article concludes with several paragraphs of trivia, including these interesting bits. Whether they are true or not, we may never know. Sound and furry. When it developed that not a single man in the sound department of Universal had ever heard a wolf bay, a technician was specially dispatched to the north country of Canada, where wolves still roamed the wilds. In the hinterlands, the sound man patiently waited for the sound he had been ordered to bring back alive, a wolf's howl to send chills up and down the spine. At last his opportunity came. Wild wolves gathered in a circle around the huge fire built by the guide. They howled hungrily. 
the sound man recorded nervously, raising Hobb with Hobson. It was reported in 35 that the first time Valerie Hobson saw Henry Hole in makeup, she started screaming and couldn't stop. I knew Mr. Hole was supposed to look horrible, she said, but I had no idea he would look like he did. I took one look at him and then started to scream. I couldn't stop. He thought I was joking, so he ran towards me and let out an unearthly yell while he reached out a hairy hand as though to grasp my throat. Suddenly, he and director Stuart Walker discovered I was in the middle of a fit of hysterics. They rushed me to the studio hospital where they gave me a sedative. When I quieted down, I was so weak I could not walk. I had to go home for the remainder of the day. It was a horrible experience, one which I shall never forget. Also in this issue is a look at the current Vincent Price film, Diary of a Madman, which gives a synopsis of the film. This film is waiting for MKR coverage, so I'll give details of this article when Derek and his guests talk about it. Finally, we have a look at The Phantom of the Opera in Movies, which has a detailed look at the 1925 Phantom and some information on the Claude Rains version. It was reprinted from the October 1962 issue of Films and Review so it was more scholarly look at the film than normally seen in FM. That's all for this week's look at Famous Monsters of Filmland. We will have more next time. For MKR, this is Kenny saying adios. Monsters of Hollywood magazine names it Shock Award winner The Monster of Piedras Blancas The Monster of Piedras Blancas The world's most shocking monster Stalks its unsuspecting prey Feasts its eyes on the next victim to writhe in its slimy arms The screen's most nightmarish beast A claw-fingered, scaly-skinned, half-human crustacean turning a lonely lighthouse village into a frenzied bedlam of blood-curdling horror. Never have you known such cringing terror, such... ...drawn by love to the forbidden cove of the sea monster, then trapped in a torment of unendurable suspense. In the screen monsterama of a thousand incredible... See the movie named the most brain-paralyzing shock story of them all, The Monster of Piedras Blancas. Enterprise Log, Captain James Kirk commanding. We are leaving that vast cloud of stars and planets which we call our galaxy. The question, what is out there in the black void beyond? This is Captain Kirk of the USS Enterprise. Is there anyone on board? Is there anyone on board? Have you raised anyone, Lieutenant? Nothing, sir. It is an unmanned probe which seems to be carrying a warhead. William Shatner stars as Captain Kirk and Leonard Nimoy as science officer Spock on Star Trek in color. Night falls on the great halls of Frenzywood. 
Chris and Jerry read this week's comics with a sense of terror and foreboding? Which books will they enjoy and which will unsettle them with an eerie mood striking into their very souls? They work their way through the rare and mysterious tomes to find those worthy of your attention. A knock comes to the door, bringing something strange and otherworldly that no one has ever seen before. It's the Professor Frenzy Show. Professor Frenzy, it's a show. Professor Frenzy Show. Professor Frenzy, it's a show. Professor Frenzy Show. If you like indie comics and also like podcasts, please try the Professor Frenzy Show. Find the show in iTunes search and Facebook. Episodes tweeted out on at Professor Frenzy on Twitter. Thank you. Monster Kid Radio listeners, you know there's an event that I look forward to every year. And I think you guys and gals do too. It's the Summer Monster Bash. And as the gentleman that I have on the line right now said when we first started speaking, before I hit record, it's like we're living in a science fiction movie right now. Things are just kind of all over the place. What a crazy time we live in. Ron Adams from the Monster Bash. How are you doing, man? Eric, I hope you're doing well out there. We're doing as, as good as we can, as good as we can with everything going on. I hope you and yours are staying healthy and safe and all that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everyone's fine here at uh, Monster Bash HQ. I, I wish we could say the same for Monster Bash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, unfortunate. Uh, the first time since 97 we had to cancel a Monster Bash. The reason behind that is we could have done it. But it would not be anywhere near what people expect, and everyone would be unhappy for one reason or another. Firsthand, I, I can tell you when I talked to my sales rep at the hotel, here the, we were looking over in, you know, and every state is different. We were looking at Pennsylvania and what, uh, in Pennsylvania, we would have what, you know, restrictions we would have to abide by. And no matter whether you were a vendor, an attendee or a guest of honor, it would not only not be the same uh, or what you would expect from Monster Bash, but everyone would be unhappy. And I can give you some examples of the things we looked at. And these are the things that, and I think maybe general public, people don't realize how it could affect, you know, how it would affect a convention. Uh, here are some of the things that in our particular case, there's six foot distancing, and that's a big one, especially for vendors and attendees. So if you can imagine a vendor room and we try to space everyone further apart, which could have been done a little bit, then that would require only like one customer could be in front of a vendor table and then the vendor's not going to be happy about that. And then what if one particular vendor, and this happens, uh, every show someone has a hot item and a lot of people want a particular thing. So suddenly one vendor starts to get a line of people distancing six feet. And in doing that, they then are in front of other vendor tables and no one can get to those other vendors. So that would really impact vendors in a negative way. And, of course, attendees would have to wait. And, in fact, also that there would be a number of people allowed in particular rooms. So you would probably have to wait in the lobby to get into the convention and then wait on lines to get into any particular room and then wait on line as you normally would for a vendor or a guest of honor. 
that's just one angle of the six foot thing. And, and then you look at masks, you know, I don't know what, you know, what state people are listening, you know, in our particular state, the masks are still required in functions like this. Someone that had paid far in advance to come to the show to meet a guest of honor, also all of a sudden they can't naturally shake hands with the guest of honor. To get a picture taken, can you imagine a picture you're showing a friend after the convention is over? Here's me with uh, Veronica Carlson. Yeah, that's really her behind the mask, and that's really me, even though we're not even anywhere close to each other. You couldn't get photo ops properly. Those are just a few of the many, many things that really... It just makes it uh, impossible to hold a convention or conference uh, like Monster Bash at this point in time. So we're, we're very hopeful for October. Sure. And I don't think you know, Monster Bash is to be held at fault here. It's just the world that we live in. It's not just the Bash. It's, it's so many other conventions have had to reschedule, go online, cancel altogether, whatever. Plus, the Monster Bash, and this isn't saying anything about you or me or the other attendees, but... You know, the guests that you tend to bring in do skew on the older side. And, you know, you've got health concerns, too, on top of everything else. You, you, well, what's the travel and all that, you know? Yeah, I, in fact, interesting, though, I, I spoke to every guest of honor prior to us canceling, and everyone still wanted to come. Mm -hmm. The only person that canceled prior to us canceling the show was Archall Jr., but everyone else, including Rico, Rico, via his son-in-law, said that Rico wants to do the show. He says he needs to work. He wants some money. Oh, wow. <laughs> but naturally, it, it just wouldn't be good or wise. But on the good side of things, everyone that was scheduled for Monster Bash this June has confirmed for next year. So we will have, uh, there might be one or two that, that weren't on the list, but all of the big names, Rico, Pat Priest, I was worried about Pat because she technically retired, but she said, no problem, she'll reschedule 2021 to do Monster Bash. Oh, wow. uh, Butch Patrick. So, you know, most of all the people that were listed for June of 2020, have agreed to come back for 2021. In addition, I had already scheduled uh, a return from Victoria Price, which is, she's always wonderful. And uh, also Caroline Monroe, who missed the last time she was gonna be at Bash uh, due to health reasons long before the uh, virus. But she's well now and she's ready to do a show. So we're, we're happy to have almost everyone that was, was gonna be at the June 2020 show and Victoria Price and um, as well as Caroline Monroe. So 
by <laughs> by the number of varieties of Oreo cookies. She couldn't <laughs> believe the difference. Like she said, in England, at least where she shops, there's the regular Oreos and one other selection, and she like bought like one of everything. It was like you know ten, twelve different flavors of Oreo cookies, but. Uh, so, sweet Caroline Monroe likes her sweets. So, keep that in mind, listeners. If you're ever going to see her at a convention, bring a unique case of Oreos. You know, that would be hysterical. Because <laughs> she, she loves Oreos, and if everyone brought a different variety of Oreos to her table, she, she would be floored, I'm sure. That would be, <laughs> be really fun. Really fun. Besides, uh, next June, looking forward to that, we, we're hopeful... And naturally, it's a fluid situation, but we are very hopeful for the October Bash, um, where we have, you know, some great cast scheduled. I'm sure hope we can make it happen. We have a huge lineup of people, and it's going to be a, a just a dynamite show in October if everything permits it to happen. So, you know, we're, we're looking forward to that. And uh, we hope that that can happen. But uh, June is, is on with, like I said, the uh, pretty much all the same guests from 2020 as well as uh, Caroline and uh, Victoria Price. So should be great. Yeah, Victoria is wonderful. And I've had a chance to speak to Caroline briefly on the phone. Uh, Josh Kennedy had her and Martine Beswick give me a call from the set of House of the Gorgon unexpectedly. So uh, I have had a chance to speak with them briefly. I probably wasn't in top form, but... That was, that was an experience. Now, you mentioned the October show. Now, that one, you know, like you said, permitting, it's still on. I've never been to an October show. So what happens in October? Well, October traditionally has been slightly smaller uh, than the June bash, but still, you know, pretty solid. And this one was looking to be our biggest October show ever. And I'm sure it will be if it happens. Victoria Vetri from uh, Hammer Films. When Dinosaurs Ruled the Earth and a, and a load of TV appearances, she hasn't done the show forever and ever. And we're looking forward to having her, Elizabeth Shepard, coming back. She co-starred with Vincent Price and Tomb of Lygia and Robinson. I think the last, it's been 10 years or more since we had Ann Robinson from uh, War of the Worlds. She'll be there, Jackie Joseph from Little Shop of Horrors. And I was really pleased to meet Pamela Pierce. And uh, if the name doesn't ring any bells, her dad uh, was the guy that produced um, The Legend of Boggy Creek, along with a, a score of other films. And she's in that movie, as well as uh, a, a variety of other things. And she is just such a great person and a wealth of knowledge uh, since her dad was, uh, you know, in the business. And um, she's, she's going to be great. John Russo coming back in October. Sharon Moffat from The Body Snatcher with Boris Karloff. And so, you know, October is packed with great guests. And so we're sure hoping that, uh, you know, the October show will, uh, will come to fruition, you know, uh, permitting restrictions at that point in time. Now, before October, though, there's the big film festival that's normally planned too, right? We are, and that at this point in time, it's on, but that show, uh, our August show, which is a Bella Lugosi Film Festival at the Canton Palace Theater, that show is really dependent upon the theater. And what, at this point in time, they've canceled a bunch of things, but they have not canceled Monster Bash and our Monster Bash Film Festival with the Lugosi films. Frank Delastrito, the historian, the writer, will be there to give two lengthy PowerPoint talks on Lugosi's life. 
as well as just a, a load of great Lugosi films up on the big screen. You know, I'm in constant touch with Georgia at the theater, and you know, probably when uh, the 1st of July rolls around, we'll know one way or the other whether August will happen or not. Again, that's another case where we sure hope it'll happen, but it's such a fluid situation, we just, you know, won't know till we get closer in time. We do have vendors at that show as well. We have vendors on the second level of the uh, theater. They have a large area there where we can put tables. And uh, Creepy Classics is in the lobby. So there's, you know, there's vendors as well as all the films. And then Frank Delistrito will be speaking and signing his books. So uh, hopefully August and then October. So you mentioned Creepy Classics. And I I think most people know that that's the mail order business side of what you do with getting movies to people, buying DVDs online, magazines, things like that. Is that kind of where you want people to go right now since they can't go to the bash, go to Creepy Classics and kind of help support you that way? Bless your heart, Derek. <laughs> I'm sure it's affecting other other people that run conventions, too, and do conventions. I do usually 18 shows a year, and every single one so far, which is nine, have been canceled or moved. And that's a huge chunk of income, and that really is what helps support Bash. Uh, just attendance at Monster Bash so much money that goes into Monster Bash. Monster Bash itself does not support itself. Creepy Classics and doing, you know, other shows as a vendor is really what makes uh, makes Monster Bash happen. So, yeah, anyone can, that can go to creepyclassics.com and, and help the cause, uh, it's very appreciated. That's how we've been eking along is from the mail order since there's been no shows this year. I've spoken with a number of listeners of Monster Kid Radio, people who turn up for my Saturday online screenings and things like that, uh, who said that they've gone in and made a point to place some larger orders than normal at Creepy Classics, just for that very reason. And I encourage everybody to go there as well. I'll make sure there are links in the show notes, but it's pretty easy to find. It's just creepyclassics.com. Well, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, creepyclassics.com. Now, I'll mention some of the other, this is kind of news, and uh, there are some other shows uh, that I just got word today uh, of some rescheduling going on. Uh, Just today, I found out that the um, Night of the Living Dead Festival that was to take place in Monroeville at the Monroeville Mall, that was to happen right, uh, I believe, the week right before Monster Bash. It's been rescheduled way back, way out till November, but at least it's going to happen. It'll be November 6th, uh, 7th, and 8th, and at the Monroeville Mall. So that, I just got word today. And also, I got word uh, that the drive-in show that happens in Vandergrift, Pennsylvania, that uh, is, the September show is on. It was in question, and they didn't have dates. They do now have dates, and that will be the 17th and 18th of uh, September will be the driving show in Vandegrift, Pennsylvania. You know, a lot of shows were rescheduled. Wonderfest is now in October. It's normally in April. It is October 24th and 25th in Louisville, Kentucky. Gowardi Fest, unfortunately, was just canceled for this year totally. So that's that's gone. Uh, the Cinema Wasteland show, the April show, was in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. That was canceled, but uh, they have another show that's still on or the first weekend in October. Uh, Old Monsterama in Georgia, in Atlanta, Georgia. That's uh, still on for October 9, 10, and 11. So there's uh, still things happening, and we just hope, sure hope that Monster Bash August in uh, Canton, Ohio, and the big Monster Bash Oktoberfest 
uh, in Mars, Pennsylvania, can still go on. So that's, that's kind of where we're at right now, Derek. And I know David over at the Classic Horror Film Board has a, uh, a, a pinned, I guess, message in his forums showing all the updates about things that are happening in terms of conventions being pushed back or canceled or whatever. Uh, so also listeners should be paying attention to that, but I'll pass this on to the listeners too, for sure. Especially since these are important events to us monster kids. I've talked a lot about how social media is great. The internet's great. We've connected with so many people across the world, but there's just nothing like meeting with our fellow monster kids in person. I really want to see these conventions continue, you know, as long as it's safe, you know, as long as it's feasible for everybody to do that. And I'm really glad that you've got these other shows hopefully planned, you know, planned, and hopefully they'll work out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's such a fluid situation. We won't know till we get, you know, closer to the actual dates of things happening. And, and things are different from state to state, too. Yeah. Some states, uh, they'll be able to happen quicker. So we'll just have to, you know, we just have to kind of ride the tide and, and wait it out and, and see what's happening uh, and hope for the best. You know? and, and you're right about uh, seeing people in person. I mean, it's like... Social media has made things great in the regards to, like, when we were kids, we might see letters and famous monsters and say, oh, there's a kid just like me. And now social media, you find even more that you don't have to wait two months till a magazine comes out and see a letter from someone that's like you. Uh, you can actually communicate, you know, instantaneously with things like Monster Kid Radio um, with people that are out there. But, you know, actually... Being one on one, that's the family reunion. That's, you know, that's what these shows are. And that's what Monster Bash has always been just um, a, a reunion, even if you've never met before. It's like meeting your family because we all grew up the same way, loving the same stuff. And uh, so it, it really is missed this year having, you know, the one on one, not only just meeting people like yourself and, and reacquainting with people, but then seeing vendors and things and finding things that you, you wouldn't see on the internet. The fun of discovery at uh, shows, you know, finding that long lost toy or whatever from your childhood. So it's missed and we're, we're hoping things get fired up again soon. Sure. I love all the guests. I love the vendors. But like you said, the best part of Monster Bash is just reacquainting with people and meeting new people and meeting old friends that you've never met before, basically. You know, these these are people that uh, are pretty important in my life when I get a chance to meet them. I can't tell you how many people I've met at Monster Bash that I now consider dear friends. And we're such a niche that you, you can talk to people that you've never met before. You don't know their name, but you can walk up to someone and look at that they're looking at a, uh, a copy of an old VHS of The Mummy's Ghost, and you say, oh, John Carradine was uh, was great as the, uh, the high priest in that one. And they know exactly what you mean. Or you get to bring up George uh, Zuko or, or Lionel Atwill or Dwight Fry. Everyone there knows this. You're, it's like you're instant brothers or sisters at these shows. You really are. It's just everyone has that same background. You know, one of my favorite things to do at Monster Bash is uh, play a little game. And Ron, I'd like to play a game of the Classic Five with you. Have we played this before? I think so. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm ready. The Classic Five! The Classic Five, for listeners who, who don't know, it's a game that we play here on Monster Kid Radio. I have a literal deck of cards right here. Each one of these cards has a this or that, which movie do you prefer style question. There are no wrong answers. It's just a way to keep Monster Kids talking and, and start new conversations and new friendships. Ron, are you ready to play? Okay, and 
I'm usually against the grain of the majority in these things, but I'm ready to go. That's one of the things that I love the best about this game is the unexpected answers because then you find new movies and new things to talk about. It's great. All right, so card number one comes from my Hammer expansion for the Classic 5 deck. What's your favorite Hammer vampire film not starring Peter Cushing? Oh, that makes it tough. <laughs> I thought you were just going to go with the vampire film, which is The Bride of Dracula. But, yeah. Uh, okay, not starring Peter Cushing. Well, probably, even though he does not speak, probably, uh, I'm referring to Christopher Lee, uh, probably Dracula, Prince of Darkness. Dracula, Prince of Darkness, King of the Vampires. For ten years, his mortal remains were cherished by his faithful servant, awaiting the opportunity and a victim to provide the life force for the reincarnation of Dracula. I have fond, fond memories of watching it with my fellow Monster Basher friend, Kevin Slick, back in junior high school on a CBS Late movie at his house when I was staying over one night. We were up late, the lights were out. We're just sitting there by the glow of the TV watching Dracula, Prince of Darkness. Wow. That's awesome. Kevin's a great guy, too. I need to get him back on the show. That's awesome. Right on. All right, card number two. Oh, and this one actually comes from the Universal Expansion. Okay. Imhotep, Karis, or Claris? <laughs> uh, oh, Karis is, is the man. Karis? Uh, yeah, oh, absolutely. The mummy's hand. And, not, and I'm, I'm such a Cheney Jr. fan, but The Mummy's Hand is my favorite mummy film, and I love that whole Karis series. I really do. They're pretty awesome. I, I love me a mummy movie. I think I've made it pretty clear uh, on the show over the years that of all the different types of monsters, I mean, Creature's my favorite film, but I love me a good mummy. Man, give me a mummy movie over anything else almost any day. The, uh, the thing I get when we talk about mummy movies is, is you usually get someone saying, ah, why the mummy? He's so slow. People can just run away from him and it's, it's not that scary. But, you know, my reply is always the same. You know, you have to sleep sometime and he's still shuffling his way with his arm outstretched to choke you. <laughs> he's, he's still coming. No matter where, where you're at, he's just coming your way. <laughs> oh, nice. All right, card number three. Oh, this actually also comes from the Universal Expansion deck. Revenge of the Creature or The Creature Walks Among Us? Oh, my. Uh, it's funny because right now I'm working on Monster Bash special number five, which is all about the creature. And I just wrote an article on The Creature Walks Among Us. But I prefer revenge. And the reason I prefer revenge is it's got a lot of action, great acting, it's just packed. It's a, it's, it's a great film. I really, really enjoy watching Revenge of the Creature. They dared to bring him back alive from his haunts deep in the jungles of the Amazon. They dared to put him on display with the other denizens of the deep while thousands came to marvel and wonder. You know, I, I pity him sometimes. He's so alone. The only one of his kind in the world. If anything goes wrong, you head straight for the surface, you understand? All right, let's go. They dared to study him, to probe him, to tempt him with the lure of a woman's beauty, thinking that mere chains could hold in check the primeval forces that surged and roiled within this strange being from the dawn of time. The first movie's iconic, and I know it's, you said it's your favorite, and it is, it's just great. But revenge is kind of like, 
in the Frankenstein series, there's House of Frankenstein, which I really like. It's like that. It's nonstop action, pretty much. And so if you want to get a young kid involved in liking classic monsters, and you're talking creature, I actually think revenge might be a better way to start because there's less science fiction in it and more monster. And it, it's good to catch a kid that way and then let, let them expand into the, the greater things. Now, Creature Walks Among Us, I wrote an article on that, and it gets trashed a lot because they're messing with the creature and genetically altering them and they're burning them up. It's, the creature really takes a lot of, a lot of rough business in that movie. But... And people dislike it. A lot of people I've found really dislike it for that. And, I, you know, I don't necessarily like what happens to the creature. But as far as a movie goes, it's still a lot better than many, many, many other 1950s science fiction movies. Okay, granted, it's no creature from the Black Lagoon, and it's not doesn't, doesn't come close to Revenge of the Creature, but it's still a lot better than most 50s sci-fi. It's still a fun movie to watch. So I'm sorry I went too long on that. No, for that one. I, I love Creature Walks Among Us. When I first discovered that movie, I wasn't really a big fan. They messed up the Gill Man. Come on! But over the years, as I've watched it, I've really warmed up to it, and I find that there's a lot more going on in that movie, kind of under the surface, than a lot of films. And I think you know a lot of the '50s sci-fi movies. It's whiz bang, there's a monster, let's get him. With Creature Walks Among Us, there's some real human stories happening here that are fascinating. You've got oh, the man, you got Jeff Morrow is not going to win any award as best husband of the year, that's for sure. Right. <laughs> it's so, so good. It's so good. I really enjoy it. I can't wait for that article. We'll talk about that magazine here in a second. Let's see. Card number four. Question number four. What's your favorite black and white zombie movie? Oh, okay. Uh, it's I Walk With a Zombie, hands down. That, mm. in fact, is, is probably in my top five horror movies of all time. Out of their West Indian island comes a tale of terror and voodoo, of witchcraft and zombies, and all the weird black magic that the white man seldom sees. It is a tale of brother against brother and their love for a woman who lived with the dead. And it is also the tale of a young nurse who never believed such things could happen. That Val Luton one in particular, to me, is horror movie poetry. And I just love I Walked with a Zombie. Uh, you know, White Zombie is a close second. Uh, it's great. Lugosi is in top form. But I, I really, really love I Walked with a Zombie. I just think it's, it's almost an ex existential experience watching I Walked with a Zombie. I love it. And the music score is just mm. phenomenal. Man, and the stuff with Sir Lancelot, his Calypso song there, man, that's so good. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. good, and yeah. I was just talking about, I actually just did an episode about a Val Luton film the other day here on the show, and yeah, just there's something about his work in particular, and then I Walk With a Zombie is just gorgeous. I think you nailed it. It's poetry. It's a great way to put it. Yeah, it's, it, it really is. It's just, it's wonderful. Wonderful stuff. All right, final card, final question. The Amazing Colossal Man or Attack of the 50-Foot Woman? <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> uh, man, uh, now you said amazing, not War of the Colossal Beast, right? Amazing Colossal Man? Right, right. Okay, well, I go with Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. Once a normal, voluptuously beautiful woman, she drove into a nightmare of horror and saw descending from the sky a titanic monster whose fearsome touch became a frightful curse. Attack of the 50-foot woman, incredibly huge, 
with incredible desires for love and vengeance. They're both entertaining and fun movies, uh, but I actually have a, more fun watching Attack of the 50-Foot Woman uh, when she's yelling, Harry, Harry. Uh, I love it. I mean, it's low budget, it's cheap, but it is fun. And for me, a bad movie, a bad, it, it is not necessarily low budget or silly. It's one that's boring. And Attack of the 50-Foot Woman is not boring. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the uh, the motto here. You have Monster Kid Radio. There's no such thing as a as a bad movie. If you're having fun watching it, it's a good movie. You're, you, you know, right on. It doesn't matter, you know, how, how good, yeah, good yeah. it is. If you're having fun... It works. There's different types of entertainment you can have, but if you're entertained, it's a good movie. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I think that's why you and I get along, Ron. <laughs> among many reasons. Among many reasons. So you mentioned the magazine a second ago. I actually had somebody ask me the other day on Facebook, is the Monster Bash magazine still happening? And I said, yeah, I thought so. What's going on with the magazine? Yeah, we're only like maybe two weeks later than normal schedule-wise uh, right now. It's uh, I'm just finishing layouts, and uh, it'll probably be at the printer by Monday of this next week, and ready a week after that to send out to subscribers and and pop online. So yeah, this is this is a special issue. It's our special number five, which is all Creature from the Black Lagoon. Not necessarily just the first movie, but. All the Gill Man. It's, it's a Gill Man issue. You're going to set one aside for me, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, Derek. Yeah, and, and I'm happy to say Frank Delastriga, one of our favorite writers, he's involved, and uh, lots of people have, have stepped up for, for some great creature stuff. There's some rare photos, thanks to Ted Boas and Buddy Barnett. And just great articles and just fun reminiscing about the, about the creature and the creature movies. So it'll be a lot of fun. And oh, the cover, Mark Maddox did the cover. It's, it's a stunner. I put it a couple times out there for people to see the cover. It, it is a stunner. Uh, Mark really captured not only the creature, but like you can see the glistening water on the creature's face. It's just wonderfully detailed. Mark is an amazing artist. Uh, he's been doing a lot of uh, like DVD and Blu-ray covers, magazine covers. Yeah. Just he's received at least one Rondo, if not more, and he deserves all of them because of all the work he's done. It's just amazing. Yeah, one of his most recent uh, is the Blu-ray for Evil of Frankenstein, which is gorgeous. I mean, just stunning work. Yeah, it, it really is. One of the things that I like about our community is that there are so many people trying to put magazines out that keep that spirit alive. That you know, I wasn't around during the first run of Famous Monsters of Filmland, but I imagine that that particular audience would love things like Monster Bash magazine because what I have read of the old famous monsters, you've really kind of captured that essence with the magazine uh, while updating it with modern production techniques and things like that. You don't get the newsprint on your fingers anymore, but you know, there's just this uh, sense of continued um, community in the pages of the magazine. What, what inspired you to do the magazine to begin with? Uh, actually, I've been thinking about doing it for a long time, and the guy that pushed me over the edge is Ted Boas. It was probably, in, uh, I can't remember exactly when, it was an early Monster Bash convention, and Ted said, you know, why don't you do the magazine? And, you know, I, you know, I have the program I can pop it into if you do layouts and stuff, and we started doing it, and then we've never stopped. I found recently, and I posted it online, I forget where I put it, but I found uh, a drawing I did when I was like 10 
of a, a mock magazine cover, which looks amazingly like one of the Monster Bash covers that had the Werewolf of London on it. And, you know, I had the, the slug lines and everything on the cover. And so it, it's been, it was even a, a tiny seed in my brain back when I was in junior high school, probably before that, actually. And I, and I grew up with uh, famous monsters, so that kind of spirit is what's in Monster Bash magazine. There's a lot of magazines out there. Ted does his own magazine called Candid Monsters, which he focuses on all the detail of behind the scenes of the, because the, he's a director himself, a movie director. So he focuses on the, the technical side of the background of the movies. Uh, Jim Clatterbaugh has done Monsters from the Vault, which is uh, very uh, scholarly and just wonderfully done with great reproduction. And of course, Scary Monsters is a very fun fan-based magazine that Don and Vicky do. And I'm somewhere in between all that. I'm doing the famous monsters feel of, of it being fun and exciting. And you, you still can learn something about the movies as well. I try to straddle in between what other people are doing. Well, like I said, it feels like a community within a couple of magazine covers. It, there is the Monster Bash vibe alive and well in the pages of the magazine. And I, I really want people to check it out. If you haven't read the magazine, check it out. It looks good. It's well-produced. It feels good. And you get some Mark Maddox art on the cover this time around? I mean, come on. Yeah, the creature. It's gonna be, It's great. It's going to be a great, great cover. I love that there are so many magazines out there now. I, I don't know when you were picking up Famous Monsters of Filmland off the, off the spinner rack. Do you imagine there being so many magazines out there now? Back then, there was really two really big ones. There was FM and Castle of Frankenstein. But there were, there were a lot of different ones that would come out, but they would only last like three or four issues, you know, maybe ten. They'd be in and out from, you know, various lower-budget uh, production houses like maybe Charlton, places like that. There were more of the black-and-white um horror uh, comic monster mags. Back then there was creepy and eerie. There was a variety of those eerie publication ones that were just very garish. And that's what I would go to when I couldn't find FM or a creepy or an eerie. You go for one of those, uh, you know, voodoo tales or one of those really garish <laughs> ones. It was kind of like a backup when you were at a drugstore or a grocery store looking for uh for a monster magazine. But today, in that regard, uh, Rich Sala is doing a fabulous job with his magazine, The Creeps, which is very much like Creepy Magazine was back then. And uh, we've developed kind of a, a, an advertising partnership uh, because we're doing what was big in the 70s, Monster Bash kind of having the feel of famous monsters and his, The Creeps, having the feel of Creepy. And so we're, we're kind of like reinventing the 70s and the 2000s, we hope so, at least. That's fantastic. And do you stock the magazine in the store online? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, all, yeah, all those magazines. Yeah, I carry them all, Scary and Monsters from the Vault and The Creeps, whatever. We, we Lots of them at creepyclassics.com. You click on uh, Creepy Newsstand, and all the titles will come up, and you click on a title, and you see the pictures of all all the run of that particular magazine and what we have available. I love going to creepyclassics.com. Uh, I'm going to be placing an order myself here in the very near future, especially if you got that Creature magazine coming out and you got one set aside for me. <laughs> <laughs> you bet, Derek. I'll just send you one. Ah, yeah, no, I appreciate no. everything you do with Monster Kid Radio. You're really, really great. Well, I'm not fishing for freebies, but, you know, I want to support you guys and gals. And I think the best way to do it, again, go to the website, and you've got the Monster Bash news set up 
a website set up as well. Where can people find out about the Monster Bash online? Uh, yeah, okay. Well, uh, yeah, you can go to monsterbashnews.com, okay. and then if you go to the main site, creepyclassics.com, and you want to see anything about any particular Monster Bash coming up, right in the header, there's links to Monster Bash August, Monster Bash October, and Monster Bash next June. And then for the news, which has changed, I change it. The first thing I do in the morning, I get up at 4 every day, and by 5 o'clock in the morning, I pretty much have the news page all done for the day, which is, you know, it's Monday through Friday, uh, monsterbashnews.com. And if you're on Facebook, you can also uh, just search for Monster Bash Conference, Monster Bash Conference, and there we are with uh, over 10,000 followers putting stuff out there every day. I'm not sure how I managed to do it. I don't remember how long I've been on it, but there's an email list too, isn't there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you order anything from Creepy Classics, you you can automatically be put on the, the list unless you request not to be. And you can also just email me, creepyclassics at creepyclassics.com, and say, hey, put me on that uh, news list. I do, uh, on, the, on the mailing list, I do a uh, newsletter every Friday where I do some memories of... Uh, you know, me flashing back to the 60s or 70s and things that everyone can relate to that's a monster movie fan. Uh, this last week I was talking about late nights, staying up late uh, and watching, um, you know, movies when mom and dad were in bed. Maybe movies you they wouldn't let you normally watch. Uh, you're sitting in the living room, the lights are out, there's just a TV glow there. And you're watching, uh, you know, some European movie with Barbara Steele in it, and you're thinking the whole time, oh, I hope mom and dad don't wake up and catch me watching this. <laughs> <laughs> I love getting those emails, and that's my favorite part. Is It's like these little editorials I get once a week uh, from you. And, yeah, you mentioned things like the torture chamber of Dr. Sadism and... Uh, Dr. Tar's Torture Dungeon. and I mean, these titles imply that the movies are a lot worse than they really are, but... Man, as I can imagine, like when I was a kid, if my mom caught me watching yeah, something like that. You're eight years old, and, and your mom and dad would not be happy with you watching something. <laughs> the house that screamed was the big one for me. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing on TV. Well, now I want to go. I don't know if I've seen that one. Now I need to go see that. <laughs> it's it's even pretty uh pretty amazing for today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, making a note here. Check that one out. All right. <laughs> Well, is there anything else going on in the world of Monster Bash or with the Monster Bash family that listeners uh, should know about right now? Uh, well, uh, people probably have known my uh, my daughters if they've ever been to a Monster Bash convention. She's the, she was not quite one year old when the first Monster Bash happened. She's mm -hmm. been at every Monster Bash, and she's 23 now, and she's getting married in August. And uh, she's the little kid that we used to always see under the tables playing with plastic monsters at Monster Bash. But uh, wow, she, I can't can't believe she's she's grown up. But I guess she has. She's getting married in August. The big question, though, is, is her fiancé a monster fan? Uh, well, we're, we're forcing that. He, he is now. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we've, all, we've all worked on him. And he's in the family. He's going to have an orange shirt, so that's all there is to it. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, uh, all the staffers at Monster Bash wear orange, these orange staff shirts. So he's been recruited whether he likes it or not. Listeners, if you ever do go to a Monster Bash, do not wear an orange shirt because you will be asked about where the bathroom is repeatedly. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that is true, Derek. It is so true. I've had people that have wear, were wearing orange shirts, and, and they come up to me and told me they've been like, where do I find this? What time is the cake in the lobby? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> these 
poor people that wear an orange shirt. They don't know what they're in for. But if you do want to wear an orange shirt, get a hold of Ron. I'm sure you could always use more volunteers. <laughs> Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> I'm trying to look for like a silver lining with all of this. And I mean, outside of the obvious, keeping people safe and, you know, all that. I think I told you in an email that at least the weekend of Monster Batch, you're going to be able to sleep in a little bit. <laughs> well, I'll probably be working. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think the silver lining is that I think when when things when everything's over and everything uh, the shows open all back up again, I think it's going to be better than ever because people are they're chomping at the bit to get to a convention now, and I think people are just going to enjoy it even more when they finally, you know, that they've missed so many, and that they can, you know, those first few, when they, the doors are back open, people are just going to love. I think they're really going to enjoy it. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to normalcy, whatever that looks like moving forward just for the convention side of things and being able to see people that I don't get a chance to see in person, including you and your family, man. I, I'm going to miss seeing you guys this summer. Likewise, I mean, uh, always great to see you right like, coming and going right at the the front end of Bash, you know, Monster Kid Radio there. Yeah, and if you'll have me, I'll be there next summer, man. Oh, you bet. It'll be great. Ron, I want to thank you again for doing this. Uh, you are welcome here on Monster Kid Radio anytime. If you want to talk about a movie or just let me know what's going on with Monster Bash or Creepy Classics, just drop me an email, man. You're, you're always welcome here. Uh, well, thank you. It's, it's a pleasure, Derek, and I really appreciate what you do. Obviously, I want to thank Ron for being part of Monster Kid Radio this week, but also just on a personal level, thank you, Ron Adams and the Monster Bash family and community for bringing Monster Kid Radio into your family. I am so honored and so proud to be part of what you guys and gals do every summer, with the exception of this summer, of course. So, Ron, thank you from the bottom of my Frankenstein heart. I really appreciate everything you've done for me and the podcast. I hope I've been able to return the favor a little bit. And listeners, you can help me return the favor. And listeners, you can help me return the favor by hopping over to creepyclassics.com and buying some merch. You're looking to buy a DVD, you're looking to buy a book or a magazine, head over to Creepy Classics first. I know Amazon, there's an affiliate link, you help me out, but help out Creepy Classics and the Monster Bash. It's a worthy cause. You've heard the content that we've collected at Monster Bash over the years. We can usually get about a month's worth of material for Monster Kid Radio out of one amazing weekend, and we want to see them continue. So I'll make sure there are links in the show notes to creepyclassics.com as well as monsterbashnews.com. And then while we were talking, Ron mentioned a handful of other conventions. I just want to make sure that you guys and gals know that I'll be including the links to the Living Dead Weekend, the Drive-In Super Monsterama, Wonderfest, Cinema Wasteland, and Monsterama. I'll make sure there are links to all all of these in the show notes. The information that Ron presented in this conversation about those conventions is current as of this week. However, moving forward, depending on when you listen to this, it may have changed. So check out the websites if you're interested in any of those conventions as well. I would like to have Ron back on the show down the line, so stay tuned for that. And Ron, once again, thank you, my friend. whisper of death stirred the house, and it screamed, murder, murder. This school specializes in students whose character is, um, difficult. In order to bring them back to the right path, I must run this establishment with a firm hand. Oh, please don't! Please don't me! The 
This was a strange kind of girls' school, where unholy horror haunts the innocent and the wicked are filled with distorted desires. Every three weeks, a young man comes to visit here. Each time, one of us has a chance to meet him. Next time, it'll be my turn. The House That Screamed is a finishing school for depravity, evil, and murder. See Lily Palmer as the mistress who teaches everything in The House That Screamed, in color, rated GP. The most terrifying form of evil is that which lurks within the human mind. This is Asylum of the Incurably Insane. Asylum, the ultimate in horror. Asylum, the prison of madness, where few enter and none return. Asylum, filled with stark raving terror, from Robert Block, author of Psycho. <laughs> See, Asylum, you have nothing to lose but your mind. Asylum, from Cinerama Releasing, rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. A doctor defying science's cautions. I can save him. I know I can. He's dead. Then what have you got to lose? A woman defying society's conventions. I can promise you one thing. Your grandchildren won't be test tube babies. A happy couple with a promising future. And the cruel twist of fate that changed their lives forever. There's been a terrible accident. I've got to save her. Her? What have you got in there? Now, for the first time in dazzling Technicolor, a film so shocking you won't believe it until you've seen it. Rise, deceive me. The brain that wouldn't die. Let me die. Let me die. Her head kept alive by experimental science, by a man whose abnormal passions inspired him to try the impossible. I've got to go and find a body for Jan. How do you intend to do that? There are ways. There are ways. His search for a perfect body threatens every beautiful woman who crosses his path. Exotic dancers, swimsuit contestants, and pinup models like this woman here, all are prey to his distorted desires. Come now, Doris. Do I look like a liar to you? Starring Patrick Green, Rachel Perel Foskett, Jason Reynolds, Mia Allen, David Withers, and featuring Robert Blanche as Detective Mancini. You're only delaying the inevitable. Sooner or later, the truth is gonna rear its ugly head. The brain that wouldn't die. Coming soon to a drive-in near you. I feel like there is so much more that I wanted to share with you guys and gals this week on Monster Kid Radio, but honestly, I can't remember any of it right now. So why don't we go ahead and wrap up the show? Thank you for listening to this episode of MKR. It really does mean a lot to me that you're taking some time out of your day to spend some of your life with mine. That sounded weird. Thank you for being part of the Monster Kid Radio audience. Just it means a lot to know that you guys and gals are out there enjoying what I do, hopefully. In fact please consider leaving an honest review for Monster Kid Radio wherever you download your podcasts. 
and spread the word. Let people know about what we do here on Monster Kid Radio. We're trying to grow our numbers a little bit, get a few more likes on Facebook, that sort of thing. So please consider sharing the post or retweeting tweets or just letting your friends know about Monster Kid Radio really would mean a lot. You can find out everything you need to know about Monster Kid Radio over at our website, which is, surprise, surprise, monsterkidradio.net. .com was taken. So monsterkidradio.net is where you're going to find everything you need to know about what we do here, including our contact information. You can email me at monsterkidradio at gmail.com, or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 503-479-5657. That's 503-479-5MKR. You can also find links to all those conventions that Ron mentioned, as well as Amazon affiliate links that you can follow if you're going to buy anything on Amazon that you can't find at Creepy Classics, because if you follow the Amazon affiliate links, I get a dollar or two... Wow, I might be overestimating that. I get like a cent or two out of all of that, and it just helps to support the show. You can also support the show by becoming a patron of Monster Kid Radio through Patreon. We have a new Patreon campaign that we launched a couple of months ago. I think it's going really well. I'm enjoying creating the reward content for those of you that are in the Hammer or Universal level of supporting Monster Kid Radio. In fact, if you are a Patreon patron of Hammer or Universal level, you should have gotten a notification. You should have gotten your first official Monster Kid Radio classic monster movie bingo card. So keep an eye out for that. And listeners, if that's something that you're interested in, well, check out patreon.com slash monsterkidradio to learn about the campaign. And speaking of crowdfunding, if you supported what Scott Morris and I did with the Plan 9x9 podcast, you should have gotten a notification from Kickstarter asking for confirmation of your mailing address. I just want to make sure that we have the right mailing address on file because we are very close to mailing out the wooden USB hard drives that certain people on Kickstarter that came in at particular levels deserve at this point. I want to make sure that I get them mailed out to the right people. I've gotten at least one person who contacted me saying their mailing address has changed. That's what we're trying to avoid. Even if you think I already have your mailing address, please send it to me anyway. Again, monsterkidradio at gmail.com. I promise that's the last time I'm going to mention the email address in this episode, but I'll probably mention it again in next week's episode where you're going to hear me talk about a really cool Japanese science fiction movie with fellow author and fellow fan of Japanese monster movies, Anthony Wendell. Atragon, the ninth wonder of the world. Atragon, an earth mover. Flying Fortress, a submarine, Atragon, technology's newest, fights all the powers of black magic. The mysterious submerged continent of Mu attacks our world. I am agent number 23 of the Mu Empire. Earthquake is not accidental. Terror panics civilization as cataclysmic forces clash. Atragon in color. So come back for that. And if you follow me on Facebook or follow the Monster Kid Radio podcast on Facebook, either in the page or the group, you'll see that I posted the rest of the schedule for the next several weeks. So hop on over there and check it out. And that way you'll know what's coming up. Over the next several weeks, the song Kingdom of Madness is copyright 2020 Sis Malakian. You can find it at sismalakian.bandcamp.com. I'm going to try to spell that out for you guys and gals. It's S-Y-S-M-A-L-A-K-I-A-N.bandcamp.com. 
Kingdomofmadness.com. He's got a handful of releases there. Check out the Kingdom of Madness EP to pick up this song. Let him know that Monster Kid Radio sent you. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license. My name's Derek M. Cook. I'll talk to everybody next week when we finally do talk about the movie Atragon. Oh, and we'll have a quick chat with Kyle Leount as well. Ciao.